0: Welcome to the Racing with Jason podcast. I am Jason Carter, your host Back for another edition. I think this episode three of the 2020 season took a little bit of a hiatus there throughout the months of the win- the Arizona Dirt Track Tour and the Wild West Shootout and all that jazz, but uh, we are finally back to weekly racing. think I'm finally back to a regular schedule as I was out of Arizona Speedway this past weekend. Saw some great racing this uh, past weekend. Definitely looking forward to uh, seeing how the rest of the season plays out. Uh, we don't know when that's going to be, but uh, we do know that we should have a racing uh, season here at some point. Keep you up with some of the news and notes. The World of Outlaws have canceled their West Coast Swing, so that means no World of Outlaws at Arizona Speedway and you USA Raceway this upcoming weekend. I do know Jonah's working on some contingency plans with the ASCS Santa and Spr- Desert Sprint Cars series. Also, the IMCA Modifieds might be our race. Uh, I would think, at least my opinion, but uh not too sure what's going on. I suggested let's just do Sprint Cars Modifieds two nights, see how that goes. But, you know, we'll see. So, uh, anyways, uh, that's kind of what's going on. Coronavirus is a thing, and I got uh, Tony still here with me. And, uh, Tony, you need to put on your, uh, your mask.
1: I know. I know. <laughs> Hey, thanks for having me on, buddy. I, I tell you what, things are pretty crazy. I was just at Walmart this morning and it's just empty aisles everywhere. Oh, it's insane. But I just want a little bit of coffee and maybe something to wipe down my counters. Is that so much to ask?
0: And, and the stuff that people's buying is just crazy. I mean, you, you do know that you're going to be quarantined for two weeks with your kids and your wife. Just That's if you get sick, yeah. Get a lot of liquor. Yeah, 14 days, man. <laughs> no,
1: nobody's buying the uh, crown roll peach, man. It, <laughs> it's still full blow. Yeah, it's uh I tell you what, it's pretty cool being here in studio. I I know when uh when we we're pitching the ideas back and forth a little bit, I think we wanted to try to avoid the whole phone interview and right ten, fifteen minute thing. I think we want to have a little fun in studio and in person's always better. Yeah, and that's you know, kinda what
0: I wanna do with this. It's just tough getting people to come out is, and be like, Hey, is. you it's know, and then tough. you know when I record, I mean heck I work a daily, so I'm like, Hey, I need you, because i got a break at work where I work inside a studio with microphones. Let's go 11 to 11.30 in the morning. A lot of people can't do that, man, so yeah. it's tough. Yeah, so I do tough. definitely appreciate you carving out some time in your busy, daily, hectic schedule of being a husband and a father and getting old changes and all that jazz.
1: Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you having me, buddy.
0: So uh, Tony Still, for those of you who don't know, and if uh, you're new to the racing, you probably don't know who Tony Still is because he kind of got out of it a little bit uh, a few years ago. Uh, but, man, uh, I think when me and you met... You were doing something at Canyon. I don't remember what you were doing. You were race directing at Canyon, yeah, I, I was, believe, I was, at the time?
1: I was either flagging or, or race director at the time, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think you were race directing, because I got there in the end of 2012. You were race directing, and then you kind of took a little,
1: one of your uh, sabbaticals, then came back and were flagging. Yeah, I took I took like half a year off. Uh, we had we had just had our first daughter, Eva, and so I, I didn't really know. <laughs> you know I was a brand new father, and... So I wanted to take a little time away from the weekend stuff and just focus on family for a little bit and... It really only lasted a few months, and then we realized, oh, yeah, we're good. So we yeah. went back to work. Like that's what I don't know, should I be here with the wife and the kid <laughs> on
0: a Saturday night? Like does a kid come to the track? Yeah, like, what, worked, what goes on it here? And it's like you know what? No, I'm just gonna go. <laughs> it worked out. We, good, we need so. diaper money, baby. All right, I gotta go. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it worked out well. So. No, that's why I keep telling Sam because we're, we're expecting another one here uh, coming up September. It's like uh, <laughs> there's this one like race date. There's like two races. I was like, oh hey, look at that Labor Day weekend two day show. And she was like, you're probably not gonna make that because that's like her due date. I was like, well, you know, if the kid's born before that, then, I mean, that's diaper money right there, babe. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We, got, we got to plan this accordingly. Maybe he'll get born on a Wednesday or <laughs> Monday or something like that, you know? But we'll see. Yeah, yeah. So, Tony, you also were a uh, pretty good racer. I don't know a whole lot about your racing career. I was siphoned through some pictures, saw you celebrating a few wins. Uh, Where all did you race at? Was it just out
1: here in Arizona? Like, wh- how'd you get started in that? So, that's that's an interesting story in itself, how you got started. I mean... Um, I grew up in Manzanita Speedway. My dad was the flagman there for about 15 years or so. Pete, um, still, you can name drop yep. the great and uh, it, the goat right there, buddy. Um, but yeah, he was the flagman there for years, and and my godparents are are Teddy and Linda Martin. So you know, I I was I was raised by some pretty cool people right. involved in the racing community, and uh, so when I was uh, 13 years old, uh, the SCRA, the Stock Car Racing Association at Manzanita. They were raffling off a race-ready race car for their points fund. Uh, they had people donate parts to it, and Mike and Mary McCullough were kind of leading the way on putting that thing together. And uh, 7,000 tickets were sold. We bought five of them, and the first one we bought won it. Wow. So uh, it was it was pretty funny because you know, they they did what they could to randomize it, and they had like the kid who was the co-pilot for the winner of the modified feature that night pulled the ticket right and it was it was i think it was anthony madrid and and his co-pilot pulled the ticket and i remember going on dick's motorsports i don't know if you ever saw dick's motorsports but it's basically no. a, it was a racing forum okay where you didn't need a username you could be completely anonymous oh wow we need that so, today oh buddy <laughs> it was it was interesting uh Yeah, I remember seeing one theory on there that they knew they were going to have a co-pilot picket, so they taped a Snickers bar to Tony's name, and that's how Tony's (laughs) name got pulled. It was pretty good. So, um, yeah, that's how I got my start, Uh, racing factory stocks, what what are now the IMCA stock cars. um, At Manzanita and Canyon, I raced those for a couple years. I got a few wins. Um, I picked up my one and only win at Manzanita back uh, May fourteenth, two 2004. So coming up on it. Yeah, The anniversary.
0: What, what yeah. do you do May 14th
1: every year? Nothing. Do anything special? Nothing. God, like, I barely Pop right open a cold time. beer? <laughs> Is there any video highlights
0: of this somewhere? Uh,
1: of the win, I think there was a video somewhere. I do have some videos, but they're all VHS. i got to get them copied right. over to DVD. Um, I do YouTube. have some DVD. I was, I was watching some uh, probably like a year ago. I pulled some of those out, and I had a highlight, and it was me. Uh, Jason Knoll, Tim Ward, and Anthony Madrid going at it wow. up, on the half mile at Manzanita. Top four racing to the finish, and uh, if I remember right, Knoll smoked us. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was Knoll or Madrid, one of them. But um, it, it was it was pretty cool. I mean, uh, being a 14 year old kid in, in stock cars at Manzanita was pretty interesting. You know, um, I, I my first ever time practicing Anthony Madrid hopped in the passenger side of my car and was teaching me how to shift the dang thing. I had no idea. I'd, I'd never even driven a car on the road before. I had no idea how it worked. So, um, Anthony was, was a huge influence for me. He was one of my heroes growing up and, uh, it was pretty cool having him. You know, we always parked right there next to each other. And he gave my dad a lot of advice and a lot of help, the whole Madrid family. Oh, I mean, and Anthony, and so many other people, that's like so. Anthony
0: right there in a nutshell. I mean, still, he's out there oh, yeah. in the pits helping yeah. these youngsters, you know, with their program and everything. Like something goes around, they always know, hey, Anthony, yeah. can you come over here real quick You know, look at the car? I feel like sometimes, you know, he spends more time on other people's car before he gets his stuff ready. But he does all that stuff during the week. So, I mean, he already knows when he unloads that 5M, that thing's ready to – Rock and roll, so I
1: mean yeah it's when, just uh awesome to see uh how helpful he is throughout the pits. He was he was so helpful to us and and um it, when we first won the car, uh before I even sat in the thing, we we asked Anthony, Hey, do you wanna drive it at Canyon? There was a big thirty lap stock car race, so it was like a thousand dollars to win or something like that. And uh he led twenty nine and three quarters of this race oh. and coming off turn four he got beat wow and uh oh he was so mad but i mean it it proved right away like hey this this is this is good equipment so it wasn't just some ratty thrown together piece of crap you know it was it was good equipment that was capable of winning and uh later on in my first year we got a win there and we picked up a few at canyon and then uh when i was 16 we jumped up to modifieds we bought this whole diamondback chassis it was uh I was like six years old at the time thing weighed about four thousand pounds right. it was it was a tank and uh it was it was a lot of fun we uh we picked up a few more wins at canyon that year, my rookie season um that was back when it was b r a modified racing. we were in i m c a at the time and uh I'll tell you what man, some of the most fun I ever had racing was during those b r a days and when they would do the b r a modified tour where all tracks that were b r a sanctioned would shut down for the weekend. And only one track would run that weekend. And they did that at every track throughout the year. Really? And you would have 60, 70 modifieds converge on this track one night, you know, one weekend every year. So that was a lot of fun traveling with those guys and racing those modifieds. And I remember uh, my my first ever modified win, it was one of those bottom feeder tracks at Canyon, you know, right around the tires. Right. And um, I'll tell you what, those races look boring, I can tell you they're far from easy.
0: Oh yeah, I mean in the, in, <laughs> in the cockpit, I imagine. I mean, you know, when I call a race, and I'm like, "Oh, this is a bottom feeder track." Yeah, you know, I can, I know the guys are in there wheeling it and you know sawing on and trying to do whatever they can to get past the next guy. But yeah, when you're out there calling, it's like, "Come on, guys! Like, somebody move, do oh, something for sure, like, for
1: sure." But I need you can see tell the you. guy in
0: six. He goes like full sin mode into turn one <laughs> on the top. Like,
1: yeah, we need more of that. Come on. <laughs> It was it was crazy that first win I got I I held off Anthony Madrid for like fifteen laps on a bottom feeder track and it was one of those deals where if I made one single mistake he was going to take that's, advantage. That's Madrid behind right. me, you know he's going to take advantage of it and get by me. So, um, my, the modified days were cool. We, uh, you know, later that year and and especially during the second year we hooked up with, um, with with Robert Dodge and and Robert Dodge and. Uh, Bob Barber and and a lot of people played a really key part in our in our racing team uh, for those couple of years and and uh, you know I I hope Robert's listening because I got to say that that guy he worked so hard for me and and we had a little bit of a rough falling out mm-hmm. and so I don't know if he he knows and I want to take a minute to just say that I appreciate that guy so much for what he did for me and for my dad and and for us uh, as a team. And, you know, we showed up every week and we were prepared and we were ready and we had our notes and we we're going to be a top five car that night battling right. for the win every single week, no matter what track we went to. And a big part of that was Robert and his knowledge that he brought to the table. And, you know, I, uh, I ran out of talent up in show one year, uh, uh, during the July 4th race and, uh, going down the back stretch and it was a B main and I was trying to get into a transfer spot, and I went in too high and turned three, and you know, you know you exit off the track down the back stretch. uh I'm sure most people have seen the video. I hit the wall with the right rear, shot the car over and foot three and a half times. Oh, you're a dumbass, oh yeah, <laughs> I, I ran out of talent absolutely and uh we we towed the car back to you know Robert towed it back to Caskergrand, and uh in three and a half days of work, he completely cut everything from the seat back off the car, chassis and all, rebuilt it, and we were racing the Manzanita half-mile that Saturday. Wow. And it was funny because I, I had so much faith in the guy, I wasn't even hesitant. You know, He told me, he's like, go out there see how it feels for hot laps, and they brought the trailer outside the track in Manzanita. You couldn't park the trailer in there. Right. And uh, they were waiting at the crossover gate in the middle of the backstretch, and he said he heard me come by full send Doing about a hundred going into turn three, and I never lifted. And he came in the pits. He's like, "So you trust me, huh?" I'm like, yeah, I trust you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. We're good. Car's
0: good to go. <laughs> so I always wondered as a driver how that you know initial first lap is after you know getting in a, a bad wreck. Because I know like in a personal vehicle, if I get involved in a wreck, I'm a little timid. Even just you know getting on the highway or whatever, going sixty miles an hour or on a cross street, you know, going thirty five. And, you know, you see racers who, you know, one night they'll flip, you know, several times. Like, one guy flipping his seat, come back, you know, I'm going to stay on the track, you know, let it rip a little bit. And then you see, uh, you know, a lot of that stuff with, like, sprint car drivers, you know, same with B-Mate. I'm going to come back win this race. You know, <laughs> it's just like, what the heck goes through a racers' mind? You just
1: somehow have to put all that stuff behind you. You do. You do. it's You can't think about the past. You can't think about any of that stuff. Otherwise, you're going to be – you're not going to have the speed that you need yeah, to be, be competitive. Yeah, you're going to be scared. You know what yeah. I mean? so. So you got to shut that stuff out, and you just got to go in and and you know, like I did, I, I flipped the hell out of that car the week before, and hands need a half mile. It was either going to hurt really bad or it was going to stick, and it stuck. So uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. The racing days were a lot of fun. Uh, I raced a few years in the modifieds, and and like I said, we picked up a few wins there. But uh, you know, after that, I, I explored some other stuff, and one day Kevin Montgomery called me up said, hey, what do you think about race directing? I'm like, all right. Now, did you have a relationship with Kevin prior to this? Uh, not, did you, did you not know really. him a lot? He, uh, well, I, I had done a little bit of stint of racing on my own with my dad, and uh, I was a dumbass and, and uh, was late to staging like two races in a row, and Kevin got me both times and wouldn't let me on the track. And <laughs> him and my dad got into it pretty good. <laughs> and uh, And finally, Dad kind of saw his – reasoning for it and he came right. up to me he's like yeah you're being kind of a dumbass so all right i guess so so modified that was, drivers that was late to like staging that's crazy right <laughs> yeah right so that was uh that was like my main point of contact with kevin up to that point was that and then i was getting yelled at, when, at. <laughs> once i sold my car yeah I, I think i flagged for him once or twice and and he liked what he saw when i was flagging so he said you know hey i need a race director what do you think all right. I mean it scared the shit out of me. I was, you know, twenty two years old or something like that and I was pretty young to be a race director. So right. There's a lot of veterans in the field, a lot of guys with a lot of experience, you know, have been racing longer and I've been alive. So you start bossing them around and telling them what to do and putting them to the back and And they're like, Hey, back in my day, that's how I used <laughs> to be like, Oh, well, this ain't your day there, sonny. So Yeah, it was uh it was it was an interesting uh it was an interesting role to take on, but I had a lot of good influence, you know, between dad and, you know, when I first started race directing, I know that the popular thing now, and and I see why is to do it from up in the booth. Mm-hmm. I liked being down on the track. Right. You know, I, I watched Teddy Martin do that for years. I thought that um, you can communicate better with the drivers, with or without the receiver thing. If you can show them emotion – and show them, you know, if you're really pissed off or if you're just letting them know, hey, let's think about what we're doing here. Let's right. go back racing. You know, you can show them that emotion of how you're feeling with hand signals and body gestures. You you can kind of control the show a little bit better. Um, but if you don't have this all-star team and you got 20 eyes everywhere watching everything, then it's only you watching. And right. you only see half the track at once when you're down there in the infield turning but, around. But so. I still
0: also feel like that happens a lot. I mean... I hope Romager doesn't feel like I'm calling him out here, but he does a lot of his stuff from up in the booth. And, you know, there'll be times where something will happen in one and two, but he's looking at three and four. So, I mean, you still kind of get that. But uh, you're, you're exactly right with the emotion stuff because, I mean, there's time after time you hear a race director just, like, just hear his frustration on the radio. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you hear yeah. that frustration, like, dude, what the heck? Like, shut up. Yeah. You know? And then, like, you hear other guys who are just like, hey, uh, could you uh, please move ahead of that guy?
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, they, they show a driver some respect. He's like, all right, yeah, sure. I'll do it, do what you got to do. Yeah, it's uh it, it's it's interesting. I, I think the viewpoint is a little better from upstairs, but I think you have you build a better relationship with your drivers uh downstairs on the track. So um you know, it it's I I love I love Rominger. I think Rominger does a hell of a job. I, I on the receiver, he can be pretty heavy. He's high strong. He can be pretty he, heavy he on the receiver. He is but. a high strong individual. <laughs> but but all in all, I I think he does a good job. I think he calls it down the middle the best he can. Oh yeah, He's as fair as can be. And you know that's a that's what really ticks me off about some of the keyboard warriors on Facebook. Right? You know what I mean? It, it's when they they start screaming cheating and favoritism and all this. It that was really the only thing that truly got under my skin as a race director was. You know, if you want to say I suck and I made a bad call, that's fine. But when you start saying I'm doing it because I like somebody right. or favoritism, I saw him hanging out drinking beers know, with Jason Noel and Noel, you know, did the yeah, same thing two weeks ago, didn't get pinned for it. Yeah, it's you know that's that's attacking my credibility and my character and, what was and my the level uh, of respect that I have for all the drivers out there, and that's what really pissed me off. and, and what was the know, first call you had to make that was like got a guy pissed off at you? Do you remember? I'm not sure about I I remember the first call I had to make and that was against one of my best friends, Guy Norton. Okay. I had to send him off he had like a bumper dragon or something. And I had to send him off and so that was always my kind of go to example. If you think I'm scared to make a call right. against my friends, these guys these guys this are guy numbers missed? to me. No, he knew it. He like, knew I of- had to make the call. Um the most pissed off I've ever had somebody I remember Speedy Madrid was pretty fired up at me one night. I missed I missed something and and uh by the time i got back to the pits it was him and it was a lot of his family and there's a lot of that family there's a lot of that family we we saw (laughs) him
0: we saw him duking out at a figure eight race the whole family
1: went at it (laughs) and uh and you know me and speedy have a great relationship i i i've always respected speedy i think he always respected me and uh and it was funny. They kept showing videos to me, and like right. I would kind of go to watch them, and I'm like, "Why am I watching this? I can't change the call, yeah, I made. Like The call is and what and so it I start to right. walk away, and then another video would show up, and it's like, "Why am I even doing this? <laughs> it was it was pretty funny though. We we all had some laughs later about it. Um, the most pissed off anybody has ever been is uh, the internet uh, during Internets. a uh, you make the call video. That was pretty. Which one? Got out there pretty good, Desert Classic. I called Dylan Smith for a jump start on a restart that uh, arguably cost him the race uh, because I think he kind of showed the track to the leader at the time, who happened to be a hometown guy, and uh, the. That's the when thing. The, when those, the, those big races. Yeah.
0: Those out of town guys come in and they get screwed. It's all. It's all favoritism. Yeah. Man.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that. That was. Uh, you know, I. I had video evidence backing me up from the infield that they actually tried using against me. But I'm like, you were damn near up to his front tire by the time you hit the cones. So right. I don't know what we're complaining about here. So, um, that was probably the most pissed off that anybody's ever been at me. Was the Dylan Smith. Uh, bad restart call there for the desert classic because uh that was it was a lot of favoritism screaming so that one was uh was pretty funny it was funny i was i was drinking beer with dylan later that night right but, but uh the next day i log on to facebook and everybody and hits it's just me yeah the i'm the end biggest of the prick world. in the world and <laughs> so it's uh, all right that's fine <laughs>
0: I know. So like, it's funny, you know, when, sometimes I'll hop on Facebook or Twitter and some people will like take shots at me about something or another, you know, so I just like oh, it yeah. or yeah. whatever. Like, I don't care, like whatever. Yeah. And then you see like the stuff that gets said about other people around the track, you know, like a promote promoter, or yeah. a race director, yeah. the yeah. track prep guy, like, holy shit, I cannot do that because yeah. <laughs> I, I am the kind of guy I'd be like, you know what? Fuck you. You want to come do my job? Come do my job. Yeah. And I've said it to a few people, I remember Matt Martinez would always give me some shit Back in the day, and I remember he came up one day at Canyon. He goes, "All right, man, never mind." <laughs> I was like, "You want to come do it one day?" He's like, "All right, yeah, man, never mind. <laughs> nope, not, not going to do it because I yeah. had like all, like all my notes out and everything." And he's like, "Wow, you actually put all the work in this?" I was like, "Yeah, dude, it's not you know I'm not just showing up." Yeah, to the racetrack, yeah. and I thought that was like the craziest thing when I first got started. I was out at Canyon. I remember I was down in the pits talking to some drivers, like, "Hey, man, what's your what's your name? What's your number? Sponsor?" And they're like, "What are you doing? Who are you?" I was yeah. like, uh, I'm the new announcer? It's something they hadn't really seen yeah. for a while. I was like, <laughs> you guys don't, like, nobody comes and gets y'all stuff. And they're like, thank you so much, you know, like, for doing this. Yeah, and, like, yeah. three months in, I'd show up at a different race track. i be like, man, I wish you were announcing tonight. I was like... Hey man, I don't even know your name, but cool, thanks. You know, <laughs> like, I think like Robbie Allen said that one sprint car race I went to. I like Cassidy Green. He's like, man, I wish you were announcing tonight. I was like, who the hell are you? You know, <laughs> no idea who Robbie you know Allen was. <laughs> I'm still green, man. I'm three yeah. months in trying yeah. to remember like names of sprint car guys, modified guys, stock cars, bombers, mod lights, <laughs> mini sprints.
1: All these guys just like cool, like appreciate it. You know. <laughs> so let me let me flip this deal around on you. Okay. okay. Were you a racing guy before you got recruited to do the announcing deal?
0: No. So I was just a big NASCAR fan. Like, I went to a dirt track once. Uh, the Texas used to have, like, Texas Thunder Nationals, uh, big uh, big block modified show. Uh, every year, I would Texas Motor Speedway. So I'd go, I went to that once. I got, like, tickets from uh, a haircutting place. I don't remember what it was, like Great Clips or something like that. It had, you know, get your haircut, get it free admission. So I went out to that once. That was, like, my first dirt track endeavor. And then I knew, like, the World of Outlaws because they would come in, but you couldn't get tickets to that during, like, NASCAR weekend and stuff like that. Yeah. So, really, all I knew was kind of NASCAR, and I actually had a Facebook page when I was in the Air Force. Um, my last name's Carter, so they'd call me NASCARter. Yeah. So, yeah. I had a Facebook page, like, the NASCARter, and I was just, you know, one of those guys. And I was in Okinawa. I was giving race updates um, on Armed Forces Network out in Okinawa. So that was kind of like really? my first dabble in radio oh, wow. is, yeah, one of the guys, uh, I met him one time and he was like a big NASCAR guy. He's like, yeah, man, do you mind like calling in and giving like race updates? He's like, yeah. So he didn't even know my name. He just called me the NASCARter. <laughs> He's like, oh, we got the NASCARter joining us, you know, every Monday morning because the races come on at like 2 a.m. there. Yeah. Uh, Sunday to Monday night. So 2 a.m. You watch a race. Then I'd go to work. I'd call the guy. I'd be like, hey, man, what's up? It's NASCARter. He's like, all right, cool. So we record our little bit. He'd play it like the next, you know, going to the next song. He's like, ah, oh, so what happened this race? And then Friday I'd call in, give him a preview of whatever, you know. So it was like so nice. weird right. like radio. And then when I found out I was getting stationed stateside, I was like, man, you know, I really do like the radio stuff. But I'm a, I work on planes. I'm a crew chief on yeah. F-15s, yeah. F-16s. It's like, what the heck? How am I going to break into this somehow? So I reached out to Kevin because I was like, all right, I'm going to Arizona. Let me see what tracks are around there, what tracks are even open, you know, because you could look dirt tracks in Arizona. It still had Manzanita up there. Like, right, oh, you yeah. see this track. Oh, yeah. no, nope, they're closed. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, let me see this. No, oh, no, nope, they're closed. No, oh, nope, they're closed. Like, geez, all these tracks yeah. are closed. Yeah. And then somehow I linked up with uh, Kevin and was like, hey, That man. was perfect timing, too. Yeah, because I was yeah. like, hey, you know, I did a little blogging every now and then. I was just about NASCAR or whatever. And I was like, you know, here's what I've done, looking to get in more into the announcing side of things. If you guys need any help, and uh, we kind of exchanged some text over, like, the Canyon Facebook page, I think, at one point. And then he finally uh, had my number, and he calls me up, and he's like, hey, man, uh, you busy this weekend? I was like, nah. So it was like me and my buddy were hanging out because my ex-wife – well, now ex-wife, but my first wife at the time. She was out of town, so he's like, yeah, man, you want to come out this weekend and, uh, you know, get your feet wet a little bit? I was like, yeah, sure. So I brought my buddy out with me because he was hanging out with me all weekend long and came out, and he's like, all right, cool. You're going to be with Bob tonight. It's Bob's last Bob night. Bob buckles. Yeah, nice. so he's like, hey, Bob buckles tonight." tonight's his last night. I was like, all right, and I've been out to the track a few yeah, times. Yeah. I saw, like, the uh, the Brawl yeah. for It All Sprint Car Show. I set up in, uh, I remember the first race I went out there, I was sitting up in Turn 4, and a Pure Stock was ripping around the track. I think Ty Widener was ripping the old Z28 and uh, this big old piece of dirt. Just dirt cloud nice. came up then, and I look <laughs> up and I'm like, "Oh, son of a bitch!" You know, like take cover. And that thing hit the freak like right by me, you know. And I'm trying to protect her, you know, other people around me, kids and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And this dirt cloud hits, my phone falls through the thing and breaks my phone. So uh, that was the only Samsung phone I had. I later went and got an iPhone like a week after that. <laughs> I've been an iPhone guy ever since. So I guess oh, uh, thanks, Ty Winer, for making me an Apple guy. Nice. But uh, yeah, I had the Samsung phone. It broke. Fell to the ground, got shattered. I was like, son of a bitch, you know? <laughs> and, uh yeah, so then we changed seats, went over by the flag stand for, yeah, the, for the main
1: yeah. and all that stuff. But, no, it was badass. So, then, so yeah. you were working with Buck Holtz. And then you were with Dad for a couple shows early. Yeah, so I was with Bob that first night.
0: Yeah. And then we had, like, one – I think it was a wing sprint car race that we had. And uh I know Bob Reem was running good. I don't remember if he wanted uh, – Josh Ortega, he was running pretty good too in that deal. So that race happened. Kevin's like, What do you think? I was like, yeah, yeah pretty good. He's like, all right, cool. He's like, So we had the Hall of Fame Classic coming up. So the big USAC national show is when the Hall of Fame Classic was the two day show. Uh and I was with um crap, I'm not gonna remember his name now. Uh, Doug Bushy from California. Gotcha. So he's like, Yeah, he- be with Doug and I. So Doug was kind of teaching me. Like, yeah, I use these note cards, card stocks. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's cool. You know, and that's how I did a lot of my stuff those early years before technology oh, and man. computers and stuff. Yeah. Those, <laughs> I was up there with note cards. I those literally, index,
1: those index cards that I had,
0: rough. I had on the top left the number of the driver. So, you know, yep. I put it all big and then I'd yep. have, you know, you know, Number twelve, Josh Pelkey, hometown Peoria, sponsors, chassis, all this stuff. Car owner, yeah. Just on a note card, and that's how I'd go through. Yeah, you'd set your note and card. I would set you'd my set note your cards your lineup. Up line on ups, your desk. yeah. <laughs>
1: then you got no desk room. Yeah, so then I have no desk room. I got like twenty
0: five <laughs> cards right here just for my lineup, and I'm like trying to make sure I don't drop any or whatever. Thank God somebody finally figured
1: out. Hey, we can use Excel for this.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I was with Doug for that race, and then we had that. We had that midget show. USAC midgets came to town.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I remember... Is that the one Klausen one? He might have won He with probably the last did. lap pass?
0: No. That was the year after that. So okay. this USAC midget show comes in. It was NASCAR weekend. Because I remember that Friday, I had to be at the track. But yeah. It rained yeah. out that Friday night. Yeah. So then uh, Larson came in the next night to run it on that Saturday. But I'm with this guy who I guess USAC wanted to look at for uh, an announcer. And this guy was like more into like drift cars and stuff like that. So we did like the first night or whatever. And I like just left the NASCAR track. I was like, "Well, crap! I got these tickets. Oh, I'll be able to make it over there." So I get there probably like six o'clock. Call the race. Good race. It was just late models and midgets. So you know, easy night, whatever. And I was like, "All right, cool." I was like, you know, talking to this guy. Like, so what do you think? You know, I'd send him out. Like, yeah, you go do the interviews or whatever. They're looking at you. So whatever. And then after the race, somebody's like. Hey, man, so what's your plans? I was like, dude, I work in the Air Force, man. Like, I, I, can't, I can't get out of my plan. Like, I'm in the Air Force, man. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll holler at you in like three years, you know, but I'm kind of committed here for a little bit. He's like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we did the uh, final race of the year, the Western World. And that was with, uh, yeah. that was last year with the wing sprint cars, man, at the Western. Yeah. So uh, Brian Holbert came in, and his main thing was he called the show and he was like, just, Get people to buy a beer. I was like, all right, cool. He's like, get people to buy a beer and go interview drivers after they win. I was like, all right, I can do that.
1: Holbert's good, man. I remember when Holbert was just the Las Cruces announcer, and you know, anytime we went over there to race mm-hmm. or modified or something, he was doing the big Las Cruces shows and stuff like that. And it's crazy how far along he's come.
0: Oh yeah, so I know. learned a lot from Ruben as
1: well. Yeah, so I learned a lot
0: from all those guys. You know, so like Doug, I used the card system from Holbert. He was like. You know, I can pick out this car just by what colors on, you know, right here. Yeah. He's like, I don't need to look at the number. you know, Because, I mean, you look at a sprint car, you're not going to be able to see what the tail tank yeah. is going oh, yeah. into four yeah. or going into three, come off of four. But he's like, you know, this guy has this thing bright. So I remember that. I remember this. I remember that. And he kind of had like the computer system, all that. So I was like, all right, yeah, you know, cool. But that first couple of years, I didn't have a computer. I mean, I had an old Mac yeah. or whatever, yeah. but you know, I wasn't out dropping money on a computer system. I think... Uh, You actually kind of were the first one to be like
1: Yeah, I had a buddy of mine at work. I had a buddy of mine at work create like this lookup formula. I'm like, if I plug in the number of the driver and all of his sponsors and on another sheet I plug in his number, I want it to automatically populate. And he's like, Oh yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Like ten minutes later he had this done for me. I'm like, Are you kidding me? And then you sent that to me and I was like, like, ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So That was good. And then but also know, that first Ruben's year. got his own setup oh, yeah. that him and I, Ruben I think Steppen use. I know
0: Ruben, I think it's set of Brian uses too. Yeah. So Brian yeah. uses that setup. I think Chet kind of uses the same thing. Although yeah. last couple of times I worked with Chet, he's just like my race pass. Here we go. <laughs> like he's he's melting it in now. He yeah. does too me races. <laughs> like I, I cannot. He's so good. He doesn't need all that. He's I, so
1: good. Man. I cannot
0: do what he does. He's literally like he was here in Arizona. We're doing the it's crazy, dirt track tour, and he's like, all right, going to be in Texas this week doing this, yeah. doing this, and that's like you know some random Joe Schmo <laughs> driver. Who can never make it out of B Main? He knows his entire backstory about Joe Schmo. He's oh like, yeah. oh Joe Schmo. He's from Snowish, Wisconsin, and <laughs> does all this stuff. It's like my gosh. Chet's a man.
1: Chet is my favorite announcer in the game right now. I think he just brings it to an entirely different oh, yeah. level. You know, and and that's not to discredit the others. I mean, Holbert is great. Steppen is great. Ruben Morales is twenty two years old. Are oh, yeah. you and he's freaking been doing it ten freaking years, years too. Are you kidding me? It's nuts! Oh yeah. When you think about how far along that dude has come, and the stuff he gets to do during the summertime now with with the oh yeah
0: he gets to go out and do the uh, hell tour and everything yeah, the like Hill that, tour. just
1: insane. Um, so he's starting to get opportunities that he absolutely deserves, and it's just it's insane to think he is twenty two years old. Right. He is he is so professional. When he left the dirt track tour, he had a stack of papers so freaking thick and. It's I, I'm curious if he keeps all those logged. like he could be oh, yeah. the next like Winnie McDonald. His I imagine he would, right? Guy, you know, it's it's gonna be interesting so, to
0: see what he does after college. Like I don't know what his degrees in or anything. Yeah, I, know he's, I in, know he's in band at New Mexico yeah, he's in State. The band, yeah, but I imagine like something like he's got to get like a full time gig somewhere doing something cool, right? Yeah, I like agree. I hope so. So I kind of went towards like radio, and this is where like you know. Some people get pissed off now is because I learned a long time ago in radio is you have to give your opinion. Like, people aren't going to, like, tune into a sports yeah, radio station. For sure. You know, Monday through Friday on 1580 The Fanatic. Cheap plug. Just to hear stats. Just to be like, nice. oh, you know, the D-backs won 4-3 to three last night. Yeah. Here, so-and-so hit two home runs, drove in three. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. people aren't going to listen to that. You have to give your opinion. I'm like, exactly. i oh, that freaking, you know, Tori Lovello, he <laughs> took out that pitcher. He had 67 pitches, so you got to give your opinion. So, I, you know, yeah, I was like, man, yeah. you know what? That makes good radio, so I give my opinion. And now it kind of trickles down a little bit. <laughs> the text <laughs> messages I get, I probably get about 10 or so each year from Jonah. Hey, man, can you take that off? <laughs> like, can you delete that? Can you not say that? Can you do this? Can nice. you do that? And I remember, <laughs> hell, we were at can one year during uh, one of the big modified shows. And the driver, he black flagged him. and He was two laps down, one lap in, you know, and. He started doing donuts on the track, and I <laughs> yeah, was like, oh, yeah. this guy's acting like a jackass. Yeah. And he was. That video you know? comes
1: I, out every year on Facebook memories. I it's call awesome. it how I
0: see it. You know, he was yeah. acting like a jackass. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. not one of those guys to sugarcoat it. And I've gotten, you know, some people, like, some blowback on it. And I mean, the one phrase I hate more than anything, especially in, like, dirt track racing, is preserving the sport. It's like people want to live in this bubble, like, no, we can't have anybody say anything negative about us. You know, this is, we got to preserve the sport. It's like, dude, like... Call yeah. it what it is, yeah. man. Like I hate that.
1: I think the only time I've ever like truly looked at something that you said and been like, oh man. Was when we were announcing together and uh Philadelphia was playing in the Super Bowl. You remember? Yeah. You said even if they played ISIS, you would cheer for <laughs> ISIS. You said that live. <laughs> yes, I did. He said that live at Canyon and I felt the, my phone start going off in my pocket <laughs> the second the word ISIS came out of his mouth as I was hooked up to the Canyon Speedway Park Facebook page. I'm like, I'm not even looking at this. Did it blow up I'm that not, night? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> we, had, we had a handful of, of people, especially those who had you know military uh, veterans.
0: <laughs> you know what? And, and, and my thing... I am in the mil I was it in the military, you know, so I I could I can get away saying stuff like that I feel like, you know, right? Like, you know, being hey. in the Air Force, you can make fun of the army guys and navy guys, marine guys, you know, but the only thing it sucks you have to make sure you tell them like, oh, I was in the Air Force, so it's cool. Don't you
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> no it worry, I'll make fun uh, of you. Yeah, that was uh that was the only time where I've ever kind of backed away from the other microphone, like, all right, buddy, I, uh, I'm going over here. No <laughs> <Go> patriots. <laughs> Well, it still holds true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, that was... We had some good times in the booth. We that did. Was it, it was short-lived, though. We're, now, you you had to deal with a broken window once, right? Or was it twice? I never got so, a broken window.
0: I had once. It was USAC National Series in town. It was a second night of the Hall of Fame Classic. B-Main and a freaking rock just comes flying up. So, yeah. I'm announcing the race, and I used to, like, kind of lean in. Yeah. And this, like, almost screwed me here, because I used to lean in right up on that window. I didn't need to, but I always would. Because, you know, that way you can look and see turn one one and two, you know? And that rock came up and hit literally, like, right by my (laughs) face, right? But everything kind of cracked around, but there's this little bitty hole... Where I can still see the track. So I'm like, all right, I can still see the track. So I got to call this race and then I got to turn my mic off and look at the other guy and look at Spridge and be like, yo, I need a caution guys. Cause this thing's going to fall on fans. Like the, they can't yeah. hear me. Like, yeah. I, like, look, all right, people, we as announcers know that you cannot hear us because it's so effing loud and face it we a dirt track. The speaker systems aren't that great. Right. They get rained right. on on a, you oh, know yeah. Yeah. weekly basis. Out here in Arizona, you got the sun beating down on we it. We know you can't. We hear know us. you can't hear we us. Know. So I'm like, I need a caution <laughs> so these people can hear me, or else this thing, it's not going to be good. We're going to have a lawsuit on our hands. Like I'm trying, I'm helping out Kevin and whoever else. You know, like we got to get this thing handled. So I'm sitting there, <laughs> and then it, I get I get my caution, and then it starts kind of cracking around. I was like, gosh, some bitch. So Gary comes out there and he has like a box and this fans down there. He's like, just pull it in. I was like, I ain't got gloves, man. You can pull it in. <laughs> like, what, like, what are you going to do? So Gary does something. All the glass just falls. Like it's all over the freaking table. You know, I got my note cards. I'm still rocking my note cards here at this point. Like, oh man. And you know, I got to go through here, figure out this and that. I'm like, son of a gun. You know, like what am I going to do? And I'm just like, all right. So open window. I don't decide, you know what, I'm going to move over to the next booth. I'm like, yeah, hey, you know what, hey, I'll stay in here. Catch a little breeze or whatever. So I called yeah. the main event yeah. over there, and it was cool because I could hear myself. Yeah. And I was like, oh, if I like project my levels here, people can hear me. And people after the race like, oh, we could actually hear you during that race because I could hear myself talk. The best thing
1: I ever did announcing was start to wear headphones. It was the best thing I ever did. Right. I control my volume so much better. I'm not screaming the whole race. I, I, I'm i figuring things out with the mixer instead of just yelling a lot louder. Right, right. <laughs> that was the best thing I ever did starting, and I started doing that way too late.
0: Yeah, that's one thing I still have not done. <laughs> and, like, Monday through Friday, I always have headphones on me. Yeah. You know? And then, like, yeah. I get to the track, and I just go, check, check. All right, cool. You can hear me. Yep. So, yeah, there's, like, some people like, oh, yeah, we can actually hear there. And then, yeah. like, I'll do, like, races usa raceway down tucson there's like 60 steps you got to go down oh yeah from booth. so i'll stay on down and call a few classes because i'm like i'm not walking back up those things so yeah, i'll like call it yeah. stock cars from down the stands or something like that and the hornets and stuff so you know i'll stay down there and then like i can hear myself talk but i don't feel like i change my levels too much when i go
1: upstairs so i don't know what it is yeah it's yeah. weird what uh favorite race you've ever called you remember
0: favorite race i ever called man there's some good I, ones out got, there, I man. Got a couple. You know, got a couple. like so. Last year, the and Expatin Classic was a badass sprint car race, and I'm I'm, I'm going to butcher. I can't even tell you who won the race, but it was a good one. <laughs> it, it, it it was a good one. Now I'm like I'm drawing blanks on names, but yeah, it was yeah. you know just slide jobs back and forth, you know, going at it. Uh, phenomenal track, you know. I feel like the sprint cars the last couple of years at of Arizona Speedway have been fantastic yeah uh just you know those drivers just ripping the lip um at canyon when i first started announcing there was that remember the day race we had during the winter challenge well which one the so the first year i was there the 2013 winter challenge it was just night racing we had that big rain out okay and we go to the hockey game me and you and beaver were all getting yeah yeah tossed a little bit you know watching the yotes right and then, you know, we we're like, right, are we racing tonight? And so we do that Wednesday night show, I think it was. And it's like, yep. all right, we're doing a double hitter on Saturday. And that day show, Man, it wasn't was a, a great race. But, you know, just it was crazy because you had, you know, Claussen blows a right rear. RJ, you know, pick. Oh, uh,
1: oh, I remember that. That's the bro show at the line there. Tracy Hines cussed me out that that day. Really? Yeah, because everybody was blowing right rears, right? Right. Yeah, Tracy Hines cussed me out because the track took rubber, and he was cussing me about how shitty of a track it well, was. Well, it's one o'clock in the afternoon, Tracy. What do you everybody. want? Like- it's like, Tracy, are you kidding me? <laughs> I just kind of gave him the thumbs up. So that was like ever my ever first.
0: So that was my first call <laughs> that was actually like online because that was my first you know t- week announcing by myself. <laughs> and at yeah, the line, yeah. I had no idea. And I was like, "He even said, and at the line, I don't even know who that was. So I'm yeah, looking over like, yeah. who was it? Who was it? Who was it? I'm like, oh, it was RJ.
1: So so one of, the, one of the best races I ever had to call was uh, the Wild West Modified Tour. I think it was, uh, I want to say it was like 2014 or something like that. Um, it was before you started. I was announcing with Dad. And okay. I think this was... I want to say this was before Kevin. Yeah, yeah, I started. I got there in 2012. I got there at the end of
0: 2012. Okay, this is a while ago. Yeah, so a while ago. Your your, your dates are off. You ain't that old. Come on
1: now. I am getting old, man. No, this was, was Wild West Modified Tour, and it was a race that Guy Norton won. And so maybe it was like 2010. Oh, that might be right. It sounds right. So, anyways, he was leading, and with about six to go, Something broke on his left front tire. And so he's hanging on to this thing. Coming to the checkered, off turn four, I think his drive shaft came out. Something broke, and his drive shaft comes out. And so he's got no power. He is just coasting to the line. And Ricky Alvarado and somebody else, I forget who, I think it was another local guy, uh, split him. And they all came crashing across the finish line. Wow nobody know who won there were no transponders (laughs) it was nobody had any idea and so we're trying to figure it out with the scores and everything and all of a sudden you hear rafael alvarez who was our track photographer at the time he's holding up his camera and he comes (laughs) running. i got it i got it it. (laughs) he got the photo at the line that showed guy norton won by like maybe a foot and uh, Jake was, Swanson and Logan Seavey.
0: That's who was in that there. You go. <laughs> there <laughs> I was you like,
1: know. man, that was such a badass race, was, But you reminded me of it because I literally called it like the exact same way. I've got no idea who won. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: is that right? So so <laughs> I don't know. So that burned me like the next year, I think it was the Winter Classic, <laughs> where uh, Dave Darlin's come off a of turn four. He was driving for Mike Martin and he had five car links on Ryan Bernal. Yeah, yeah. No way Ryan Bernal wins this race. Right. You know, no freaking way Bernal wins. Yeah. So Darling's coming off of four at Canyon. Not very long way to go from turn yeah. four to the start yeah. finish line. And I'm, you know, you, you, you got to get your, what you're going to say, you know. So I'm like, right. oh, Dave yeah, Darwin yeah. comes off of turn number four. He's going to win another one here at Canyon Speedway Park. And I just called it boom like that. You know, I didn't even like Bernal was close, but he wasn't that close. He was five lengths back. Darling wins. Yeah, yeah. So I go down there. I'm getting ready to interview Dave Darling. Like, I know Dave Darling just won this race. I get down there, Darling is pissed off. I was like, man, pretty pissed off for a guy that just won the race. <laughs> 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 and then I hear, uh, I see Bernal come out of his car. He's, yeah, all jubilant. I was like, what the hell happened here? So I'm looking up, and you're, like, pointing to me, like, go to him, go to him. <laughs> like, you're trying to tell me, go, go, go talk to Ryan. <laughs> Don't talk to Dave. I was like, okay, well, Ryan Bernal, he won the race.
1: Congratulations. <laughs> I remember that one. Because even on the video feed, it looks like Darwin won it.
0: Yeah, because I remember we but get But it was done. all about
1: where their transponder was back Yeah, so right? we
0: get done, and Dean comes down. He's like, Darwin won that race. Yeah. And we're like... So we're. Like, like, I remember. Like, that. I don't know. Yeah, like yeah. what the scores have. You yeah. know, like who who had what. Like I, I don't know. I thought Darwin won. So it was That's just one of those deals. Things. Do you rely
1: on the transponder or your own lying eyes? Right.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> know, and you're, it's funny because you were speaking about favoritism earlier, and you know, a lot of people always think I played favorites with Mike Martin. Like,
1: dude, I'm just an announcer. I'm. Not, I am do not know Like, that? I don't do know how know? I play
0: favorites. <laughs> like, I'm just the announcer, man.
1: Like. You might talk about him a little more, yeah, but it's, I
0: always felt like I called it down the middle. Like you know, I had uh, your sponsors. I did, I plugged you away. I got yeah, T-shirts. Yeah. I'm plugging your stuff. Yeah, you know, just because I rode to the track with Mike doesn't mean <laughs> like I'm Mike Martin. Mike like Mike Martin all day. You know, I mean that's the one thing. Like you know, I love the guy to death. But Gary, who you know working with at ET last couple of years, uh, retired now. Yeah, I yeah. guess so. It's just yeah. uh, me doing the show. Um, uh, but he loves Bruce St. James, and him and Bruce have been friends for a while, right? But right. I feel like you know we we're watching a stock car show. He he find a way to bring up Bruce St. James. <laughs> it's like, you bring up Bruce St. James, man. <laughs> but he like loved Bruce St. James. Like I was never like, oh man, you know Mike Martin. He, he's not in this heat race, but he's just a great guy.
1: <laughs> like, That's awesome. Like that. So, talking about close finishes, I, I alluded to it earlier that. So the midget race at Canyon, I think it was Western World Weekend.
0: Yeah, Western World. It was yeah. the final night of the Western World. Right. It was... And there was a
1: shit ton of money on the line yes, for Brian.
0: because Doug yep, brought up the, uh, I think it was $20,000 that you got if you won both, is what it was going yeah, to be. Yeah, I think it was like an extra $8,000. $8, it was like, was it
1: six to win both? Yeah, and it was like an extra $8,000. Yeah, so it was he an was going to make it a, a $20,000 yeah.
0: night yep. for yep. B.C., so it's Clausen, it's Bell, and who is our other guy? He was driving for uh, Shane Mill at the it's time. It's just the two that I remember. No, there's three cars involved. He was driving for Shane Mill at the time. I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head. Yeah, I know
1: I know um, Bell and Clausen. Cause I, I just remember the pass. Yeah. I, I remember with two to go, it was down to those two. Well, it was down to those three. Cause I think the other guy was in the lead at one point.
0: And he won. Gosh, my gosh. Oh, I'm man. drawing Who a blank. He won cuz he yeah. won one of yeah. the Prelim nights out there. No, you're back right. when it used yeah. to be a
1: three night show. There was another guy on the bottom. Yeah. Casson was up up top. And Casson was just yeah.
0: ripping the lip, man, oh, at yeah. the Wall at Canyon, which phenomenal.
1: Build the wall. And he and he screwed up, oh Jesus. Don't <laughs> Oh, you know we're going to we'll, talk about that we'll here touch, in a little we'll bit. We'll touch on that. So, um yeah, with like two to go, Casson screwed up, hit the wall off turn two. And so I'm like, you know, it's over. And I'm in the flag stand for this one. Right. And I got a buddy of mine flagging with me. And, you know, coming to the white flag, I'm like, there's no way. It's over. Bell's got it. Right. And when I threw the checkered, so I saw them going to turn three. And I had to turn my head real quick to my right to grab the flags. And then I just kind of threw the flags out. And I started doing double checkered. And I looked down and Claussen was the first one of the line and I had no idea what the hell happened. Right. It was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And I look at my buddy I'm like, "Did Claussen just win that?" And he goes, "Yeah, I don't know how." <laughs> and so I finally watched a video later and and it was one of my favorite quotes from Claussen after that race. You remember what he said? It was, "I told my crew if we had a shot coming to the, coming to the white to win this race, we might end up with one in the trash can." That was one of my favorite quotes closet well, hey, quotes he, he i definitely, ever heard because he almost put one in the trash can that night i'll tell you that my god i mean it was just gosh i can't believe i'm drawing a
0: blank yeah, on this freaking yeah. guy's name right now and i got it on the tip of my tongue and apologies if you're out there listening and somebody's probably yelling right now at their tv hey, it's this, or the radio hey, it's this guy it's this guy so it's just like one of those things like gosh, dang it who was that but uh no that
1: was no man, nah, man that was i mean I that race. was phenomenal
0: i remember um Big Al afterwards, he had that wine, or that champagne bottle, and he's just spraying it on everybody. He's back there yeah, like, yeah, yeah. we go to the pits. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, gosh. What year it, was that? Do you know? 2013 was that Ooh. year. Man. And uh, it's one of those things, too, because the year before that. Is That's when, right, yeah. Is when when Mike, I had, I had my daughter
1: year, was there sitting right behind me.
0: So the year before that is oh. when Mike won the USAC National Show in his 360 oh man that was a race so that was up a lot until of that point you know clausen wasn't gonna run mike's stuff but he sees mike wins so like, three well, you know this has some good stuff yeah so that's kind of how like their relationship started yeah and i remember you know they came up the next year for the uh winter challenge they're out there and i'm you know running through the names and they're out there on the track so i'm introducing all every driver you know from 20th you know to first and uh Kevin's like, hey, we got to hurry this up, man. We got to go. You know, it's Wednesday night. Come on. Let's get these people out of here. Because we only had like modifieds and sprint cars around yeah, that yeah, night. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, Wednesday all right, fine. Show. So I just like, just you know, team, eh, yeah. number 16, Mike Martin. So Mike was pissed at me after that race. And so is BC because I didn't say the sponsors because they're like, hey, hurry up. Let's just go. So, yeah, like, all right, you know, yeah. so I'm like, 16B, Brian Claus. you know, instead of like, Ultimate Off-Road or whatever, the Magic Man and BC, <laughs> Brian Claus. so i just like, you know, 16, Brian Claus and 7K, yeah, St. James. Yeah. There you go. And uh, so they were pissed off. I remember him. And he's like, yo, man, why didn't you mention this? Why didn't you mention that? Yada, yada, yada. So that was like my first encounter, with Brian, was really like that weekend or that week. And uh, so that was like Wednesday. So Friday night, I'm like, all right, you know, I'll make sure I'll mention Mike a little bit. You know, it's an Ultimate Off-Road. And then uh, Saturday, he was driving somebody else's car. I don't remember what a, whose car it was, but he his car broke Friday night, so he was in somebody else's car for the Saturday shows. And after the afternoon show, he's like, Hey, man, so I heard you been mentioning me a little bit more. Uh, we're about to grill some steak, man. You want to hang out? I'm like, oh, Yeah, sure. Nice. You know, so I'm nice. <laughs> out there gr- grilling steak, <laughs> we're like, you know, Brian and Lauren and all those guys, you know, like, all right, this is cool. And then Brian would always just, you know, run Mike's stuff out here on the West Coast. And it was like yeah. one of those things yeah. where, you know, he wouldn't touch the stuff, but he saw Mike win that 360 show. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, oh man, Mike's got some good stuff. You know, it kind of helped Mike's career out a little bit. I mean, he was just, you know, he wasn't winning races uh, a lot, but he was, you know, finishing up on the podium. A lot those those uh, couple yeah. of years I ran for yeah. him. And, uh, you know, it's just crazy how now that, you know, Brian's gone, it's like, did I really take those times for granted? Yeah. And, and I feel like, you know, huh. I did a lot. And I mean that, that some, place was
1: literally Claussen speedway Park Oh yeah. For like he years. had some phenomenal
0: wins there. There'd be times where it was like, all right, Clausen's starting twelfth. We're gonna we're gonna get a new winner. Yeah. And you know, it's kinda like one of those things yep. where you're not <laughs> cheering against the guy, <laughs> yeah. but you're like, thank God. You I, see I get to talk to beat him. I get yeah. to talk to somebody yeah. else, maybe, you know. And then I remember him and RJ had a great battle. Uh I think it was the USAC Sax show, or they duked it out and RJ beat him, and it was just like we got a new winner, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, thank God yep, <laughs> we got a new sure. winner. But, man, it's one of those things, like, looking back on I was like, I can't believe I got the opportunity to call all those races.
1: Oh, I know. I, I completely agree. Yep. The the fact that I was the guy throwing those double checkers on one of the greatest finishes to a race I've ever seen and standing there and listening to him you know, hey, if we get a shot coming to the white, we might end up with one in the trash can, that famous quote. And... Uh, it was pretty cool being a part of some of those experiences BC, oh, yeah. for sure.
0: Especially cause all eyes were on us when it happened. I, I felt like as a racetrack and everything, like all eyes are on us right now and we got yeah. those kind of races. It's like, that yeah. was
1: good. There, there were, there were a few years there where, you know, Kevin Montgomery gets a lot of hate and you know, I, I, I see some of it. I get it. He's not a great people person. Right. <laughs> and I think he's the first to admit that. Um, But he did some pretty historical things with with that racetrack. And um, I I don't want to say, you know, he put that place on the map because I think, you know, shows like the slick 50 and and stuff like that. You know, the place was already on the map, but he elevated it to this professional level. It, it had uh, some down. I hadn't seen yeah, like in a I mean, long, long time. You know,
0: you talk with the slick fifty, but I mean, it, it had some down years. Oh, for where sure. Where it was like, you know, for what sure. direction are we going in? Yeah. And I think you know everything kind of happened. It's like you know we're gonna bring Kevin in, see what he can do, and it was like, oh wow, yep. Yep. like phenomenal job. And I mean, let's talk about that wall.
1: Uh, uh, so here's the deal. I will I will give in for one reason. Where, where's one ta- ta- where's reason ta- Mahako at? I will give it. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I will give in. You know and. I I did a little thing with with Shipley a while back, and we had a really good talk about this. Um, I'll give in for Josh, one, for Josh one reason, Josh. Yeah. And uh, it, it's really beneficial for track prep purposes when you know when that wind's howling because during the daytime out at Canyon, that wind coming through there just kills the track. Oh yeah, um, for prepping the track and stuff like that, absolutely. Um, for the racing itself, I, I disagree. I don't, think a, I don't think a wall means a good track. Right. Um, I think that turn two needs a little bit of work. I was just talking to Brinkley about this a week and a half ago, and I looked at and I was like, what the hell is going on with turn two, man? <laughs> like, you got to figure out turn two. And he's like, I know, I'm working on it. He's like, I just I got to get this thing shaped right. right. It's not, you know, if you look at the aerial... Turn two never stops. It's a it's a D. Oh yeah, down the backstretch, and it's almost like one of those like NASCAR mile and half tracks. Yeah, and and it just the top kind of falls off a little bit. So he's got to figure out something with the material over there. Because if you look at three and four, almost every single night, three and four has a cushion and it's two to three wide racing. Right, every single night. There's no wall over there. It's fine. It's about the track prep. Right, when it comes down to it. And before the wall got put up, I saw some badass racing there. Oh yeah! When the wall was put up, I saw some badass racing there. And since the wall has been taken down, I've seen some badass racing there. I have. The problem is, is when they miss, they miss. Right. And when they miss, it's it, it's bad. And uh, and you know, I tell you, I Doug Gabbard is a hard working man. I, I, he gets a lot of flack because he is much more relaxed. You know, we, we have two polar opposites that we've discussed in the last five minutes, right? You've got Kevin Montgomery who ran the place like it was freaking Eldora. Right. Right. And you've got Doug where would Doug, you know, like it or not, it's his playground. That's his mm-hmm. place. He's going to have fun there. That doesn't mean he's not going to put in the effort. Because he does that guy works his ass off out there, right? If you've ever gone out there in the middle of the week and seen him, especially in the hot months, he is oh yeah, like I've, I've called
0: him on like a Tuesday yeah. afternoon for something, and he's been like, "Yo, man, I'm underneath his generator right now. What do you need?" That's yeah, like, God dang, it's, it's one
1: hundred twenty degrees outside. You know, and and people kind of take the whole, you know, it is kind of a playground for him. He has fun there, but in the end, it is a business. He's going to do what he needs to do for it to be business that that works um and he works hard to make sure that the track is going to be good and puts on a good show for the fans uh and for the drivers as well and i think john brinkley's doing a hell of a job lately helping him with the track prep part of it um there have been some very good racetracks there lately Mm -hmm. there have been some duds it's just how it is right Uh, until in my opinion until they can get a little more material there reshape turn two it's how that place is going to be. If it's if they nail it, it's going to be a good night. If they miss, it might be a little rough. That's what, to me <laughs> and, like
0: you know the funniest thing, and we talk about you know how you you had that forum where everybody was anonymous back in the oh day, man. and I was like, I feel oh, like social buddy. media. Oh my gosh, it, it it can get on you. I mean, it rips. Yeah, for sure. Every day, and you know you have a name to it. You know, so I mean, yep. you see like all right, if yep. that guy he's doing this, saying this stuff bad about me or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, so last year, Canyon had like their hiatus for like a week and a half, whatever it was after the um, modified tour. So they run the modified tour that one night. Yeah. And yeah, everybody. I mean, you could go down through and just name everybody who bashed that place leading into that and then yeah. they're like hey we're shutting down and everybody's like oh man love canyon love this love oh, yeah. that it's like yeah you were just a mother in the place uh-huh. a week ago I think, and now it's yeah oh man gonna miss the great race and it's like and "Unbelievable!" you
1: know what you know what? I, had, I had a lot of talks with doug around that time when all that was going down and I, that whole hiatus like people kind of laugh about it because of how short it lasted it only was short because of people like john brinkley That was when he really started getting involved, I think. Right. And a lot of people showed up to help because the main reason for that shutdown wasn't social media. Like, did it play a part? I'm sure it did. Yeah, I mean, it wears on you. Um, I I couldn't imagine being a promoter and having, you
0: know, like everything just nitpicky. Because not only is it like, has a promoter, oh, hey, you know, the track wasn't good. But if you're not, if you're just a promoter, you're not the guy prepping the track. Okay. yeah, Track prep wasn't good. Hey, your announcer said this. He sucked. Hey, the popcorn was stale. Yeah. Hey, the beer wasn't cold. Hey, you know <laughs> this wasn't ran right. Your door, gr- your door greeter is a sack of shit. It's yeah. like my god, yeah. like you're in charge. Like you're getting beat up for like eight yeah. different things here. It's like. I just gave you guys a place to race tonight. Like, what more do you want? I know. I mean, I, I feel like, gosh, yeah. like these guys work their ass off to give people a place to race, and then they want to bitch about it. And then as soon as it goes away, oh, well, well, now we don't have a place to race. Yeah. Well, the guy who gave you a place to race for so many years, you've been motherfucking him. Yeah. The last two and yep. a half
1: years over stupid shit. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And, and like I said, that hiatus, it. we were looking at that deal lasting months. Right. My advice to Doug was to shut it down for the year and uh,
0: right there in january
1: yeah wow it, it was shut it down for the year what dude circle the wagons put some money into it and figure it out and so many people came out and helped they probably got like four months worth of work done in about two weeks yeah because of how many people came out and supported the place so that was why that hiatus lasted so short and and people were like oh they just shut down because of social media and the dwarf car guys are mad because it was their big show and ah, they're going to start right back up for their next big show. And right. that, that's how it looked. But man, when, when I was having conversations with Doug, you know, it was, those were hard times. It was, he looked at the place and he said, there's just a lot wrong that I need to fix and right. I'm not going to be able to do that if we're racing. So he wanted to step back and I told him just take the year, but uh, I'm glad he didn't. Cause there was a lot of good racing last year after that and uh, like I said, man, I I truly believe that you don't need a wall to be a good racetrack. You just need the good track prep, and I oh, think, yeah. and I think they've got the right people in place. I think, uh, I think they've had some good racetracks. Um, I'd love to see Turn Two get a little bit of work, but I I express that to Doug. It's nothing new. Yeah, you know, I've told Doug and John that if you can figure out Turn Two, you got yourself a racetrack, man. Like it, it's going to be two three wide. You are going to have a cushion on both. I mean. Um, Turn three and four has no issues, really. Right. <laughs> it's that thing builds up a cushion, and the bottom works, and the middle works, and there's good racing going on over there. But as soon as that top dies off in one and two, there's trouble. So um, I'd love to see them get that worked out, and I think there's going to be a lot of good racing in the future. Right? I,
0: I got into some some shit a little bit with Jonah because, you know, he put on the dirt track, the modified tour is what it was, you know, for those first couple of years. And, uh, and that one driver goes into turn one, just hits a rut at Canyon, Flips his car, like, modified by itself, like, shouldn't be flipping, right? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, man, he got those ruts. Jonah's like, don't say ruts. I was like, dude, it's a rut. Like, what what are you saying? (laughs) (laughs) People can see it's a rut, man. Like, just call it what it is. Yeah. Kind of goes back to that circle, the whole thing of preserving the sport. I know. Like, just call a spade a spade, guys. I mean, that's the thing. You know, I feel like your fans are going to like you a lot more if you just tell them the truth. I agree. Like, don't bullshit somebody. Yeah. And I feel, you know, a lot of the stuff, like, so I got lit up last november when damian gardner wins his championship last race of the year in arizona speedway and he just starts motherfucking all arizona tracks oh yeah he's like oh man I, i circled this on the counter we were in for i knew it was gonna be rough these arizona tracks they suck like he's calling out every arizona track he ever goes to these tracks just suck it's terrible yada 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 and he's like sitting there getting interviewed you just won a championship, but you want to take a shot at the track? Yeah. So I'm like, dude, yeah. you're a piece of crap, man. Yep. Like, F off. I don't care Like, who you are. You, you're yeah, nobody to I, me, I man. I used to
1: be a big Gardner fan, and, and his mouth kind of ended that for me. Right.
0: And that's the thing. Like, some people, I mean, Dean even came up to me. He's like, man, you got to put these drivers on, like, a pedestal. I was like, no, you don't. I was like, Dean. I'm not going to put a guy on a pedestal who wants to come here and constantly bitch and nag, all right? Like, if people want to be his fan, they can be his fan, but I'm going to call it how I see it, man. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, when I'm going to be like, oh, well, you know, just he's just having one of those nights. Like, no, he just won a freaking championship. Like, chill uh, yeah. out. Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
0: And, and you know, it's... you get those guys who win a race, and the first thing you want to say, oh, the track was BS tonight. It's like, yeah. you just want a race, man. Like, what? Yep. what more do you want? I know. Like Craig Parker did it last year after winning a pretty badass race. Yeah, I'm, I'm name drop. I don't care. We, we said we're gonna piss some people off, right?
2: <laughs> so Craig
0: Parker did that last year to win a race of E. T. gets ah, the track wasn't there tonight. And it's like you just won. Like just talk about <laughs> how you won. <laughs> like this isn't like a NASCAR race where it's just an asphalt track, like there's nothing to yeah, work on. Like know. you're literally yeah. really saying a guy who yeah. spent hours and hours on the track prep
1: didn't do a good job.
0: You know, like yeah. that's the way I see it.
1: It's like that's just rough, yeah, that's you know that's the that's probably the part that bothers me from the perspective of the fans on social media is they just hear the they act like these guys don't bust their ass right you know and and i'm I'm visible to Canyon and that's my home, and I see what those guys do and a lot of people, you know, my favorite was before that modified tour race that Zach won uh when they called it a landfill. And I got to go on there and say I think the landfill just put on the show of the tour, right? <laughs> you know, is, um, you know they they say a lot of things and it's like you know these guys don't have to bust their ass. They don't. I don't know why. I quit. You know, to say a part of it was I got tired of dealing with people. You know, if I said that wasn't a part of it, I'd be lying. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. I got tired of it. Um, I think a part of it was also needed a break and, and stuff right. like that but there's a part of it absolutely where i got tired of dealing with the keyboard warriors like i got tired of dealing with the drivers that just constantly came up to you bitching and no matter what you did there was something that went wrong for them that night and it was yeah. somehow your problem i, mean, I remember uh, some
0: fans would complain we had one of the big sprint car shows out of canyon one year and you know a couple of guys tagged the wall whatever and people are like oh man that wall just sucks you up it's like it's not the wall's fault that your driver ran out of town. Yeah. With, you know, like, yeah. your driver stepped on it. You, you can blame, can't blame the wall for yeah. that. Like, yep. <laughs> everybody else is riding the cush. you know, and your driver, he just, he stepped on it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, the wall right there. And just people, like, go back and forth. I mean, there's, I'm not going to lie, there's sometimes when I get a little whiskey drink, drink up in me, you know, I start responding to these people. And most of the time, yeah. I try to ignore yeah. it. I mean, half the time, I don't even see it. Like I'll have, I like,
1: I didn't do a very good job of ignoring it. No. When, I, when I was a race director, I never really did a good job of ignoring it. It like, probably added to the stress. So there's all this stuff going
0: on with uh you know Benji bringing back you know Power Ice series coming to Arizona <laughs> and then they're doing a race at Kokopelli next week and then The rest of the series will be ran in the fall. I don't know, like, what's going on there. But they're not getting a whole lot of races. But they're trying to build this thing up. Yeah. Which is cool. You know, good on them. Yeah. But, you know, he's kind of ruffling some feathers a little bit. And it's just like, you know, the keyboard warriors, like, I don't see half this stuff. And other people are like, oh, man, did you see this? Like, I really didn't. Like, I'm trying to distance myself so much from this stuff yeah, because I don't want to say something yeah, yeah. where somebody's going to call. I mean, heck, I called Benji on this podcast. He, he reached out to me. He's like, hey, you want to talk? I'm like, yeah, dude, let's talk. And we had a good conversation on the next yeah, episode. Yeah, that was you know, good. I, I thought it was good. Like, that's what this whole thing for me is about. Like, the podcast, let's bring up conversation. Like, we can't yeah. live in this bubble thinking everything's hunky-dory because it's not. I yeah. mean, I think USAC, PowerEye, Ascs, you know this and that. Like we got too many freaking.
1: There's too many divisions.
0: Yeah, there's too many divisions. You know, we,
1: not even just in the sprint car world. There's I, a lot I, of dicks I, in the chili. In, you know, just in that is an odd reference. Uh, <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> uh, I was trying to get <laughs> That's it out. A new one. Um, <laughs> there's just too many divisions in general, right? You know, and my favorite is is when these freaking keyboard warriors. Oh, if only the promoters would have worked together. It's like okay. I agree, but I also know how hard it is. Right. Because Doug handed me the schedule a few years ago. He said, work with Jonah. So okay. I worked with Jonah. This was back when he ran both racetracks. Right. Right. the Grand and, uh, and ET. And ET, yep. And we went back and forth, and I want to say it, it lasted about four months of oh, back yeah. and forth. And it was the only time over the last six or seven years— where there were zero conflicting imca modified right. stock car sport mod whatever dwarf car mod light micro sprint any club racing and no sprint car uh clashes between all three tracks in the valley so like modifieds there was none of this casa versus canyon thing right it was awesome we allowed somebody to race for a national title and they got close to doing it right um but the amount of work that went into doing it was just unreal and that was just the three tracks
0: now we got two more tracks
1: yeah you know i mean yeah. i, I, mean, and, and I, I kind of feel like for yuma you know i don't know what's going on with tucson yuma's kind of you want to try to avoid it against Cascarine if you can. Right. Canyon and e. T. I mean I kinda feel like with much.
0: Yuma, it's like one of those things, like it's so close to like California. It's kinda like Mojave. Where, like, that's where it's kinda they're kinda getting... like Mojave. They're gonna do their yeah. own thing. Like right? I mean, I often forget Mojave's a thing. Sorry, Mojave. Yeah. Shots yeah. fired. But I mean I often forget yeah. that yeah, Mojave Valley like still a thing. And then you see like some of the guys went like, Oh yeah, they ran here, you know, two weeks yeah. ago. Yep. That's like I often forget, you know, and then you know, Coca I mean, you can't forget it's a thing because Benji he's all over social media yeah.
2: <laughs> to let you know yeah. it's a
0: thing. But it's- it's, you know, it, it's... I'm right there with you, man, where it's like, I mean, we were talking about it. I mean, heck, I had 42 stock cars, I think, run last year at ET, but I'm averaging 12 a night. Yeah. Like, yep. what's what's going on, guys? It's, oh, I, yeah, they're running up against these people. guys. they running up against these guys. Like, I don't know who's got to work together. Like, do you need an outside source here? Yeah. I'll be your outside source. I'll put every schedule together. Just let me do it or something like that. Yeah, One year.
1: I don't know, <laughs> but... I, I'm telling you, man, people give these promoters so much grief as if they're not working their asses off. And, you know, like like I was saying, you know, it, Jonah, you, you guys call him the hardest-working promoter in all motorsports, and I get it. I've seen it. You know, I, I think Doug is one of the hardest-working. Because I've talked to Bo Partain back when he prepped the track, and he was saying it's one of the hardest tracks he's ever had to prep. Right. You know, to be a promoter there, you got to have some thick skin because oh, yeah. things are going to die on you equipment is going to die on you. The track is going to suck. It's going to be a bitch to prep. You know, the wind is going to blow all day in your face. It's going to be 110 degrees. Yeah, it's it's a tough place to prep. I've seen the work that Benji Lyons puts into a show. That dude is one of the hardest working men in motorsports. You know, we have a good set of promoters here and I get it. There's there's scheduling stuff and but I hope that doesn't take away from the kind of work that they are putting in because they are putting in a lot of work. But uh, flat out, there's too many divisions. There's too many sprint car divisions, and you know, I don't know what. What do you do? What do you do to solve it? I
0: mean, what can you do? It's one of those things that I when I started announcing like USAC Southwest, that was their first year because you know Kevin, I guess he butted heads with ASCS. They had whatever conflict they had, and he's like, and Kern's like, we'll go USAC Southwest on it. Boom. We had 25 cars a night. Yeah. Like that first year. Like it was phenomenal. Yeah. And now, you know, you're, you're going. Well, look
1: at Santan right
0: and now. And now you go down to like 12 cars a night. But then the Santan Ford Series, they're averaging 20 cars a night now. And then you have another class with 360s. Here's it's the like, deal. If you, of, guys, if you get like, rid the of heck? the
1: USAC guys and say, you know what? We're just going to move forward with one Santan division, right? Well, all those guys that were running 410 stuff, they're going to come in and they're going to run. legal part of the rules. But that class isn't going to be what it was right. meant to be anymore, right. right? There's going to be a lot more money being put in, a lot more sponsorship. Yeah, and that's the one thing I hate. Equipment. Like, I, I
0: get why that class is what it is. I mean, yeah. heck, I mean it used to just be you know Challenge Cup races at Canyon, and it was you know one of those things something down. But you hear yeah, like it was a just guy guys like guys could
1: throw their stock car motor in, right, and go, but, right? But now
0: you hear like, oh man, so I got a new Schaefer coming in for my Challenge Cup car. It's like, what the hell, why?
1: like. <laughs> You don't Why? need a freaking Schaefer
0: for a Challenge Cup car. Oh, so man. it's just, I mean, one of those things. It's getting out of hand. I yeah. wish, like, the rule yep. book would kind of get dumbed down yep. with it and be like, hey, here's what we're doing. Here's how it's going to be. I mean, I told John yesterday, he was like, I don't want to be the bad guy and tell these guys not to go run Yuma. And I was like, well, I'd do it. I'd be the bad guy and tell them not to go run Yuma. And he was like, I don't want to do that and tell them, if you guys run Yuma, you're not going to run for here. I was like, I'd, I would. Because there's not a whole lot of power out racing. And you got these race cars you want to race, yeah. But, but that's just me. I'd be a dick. I don't care. Rough on feathers. Know. I
1: don't know. I like Benji. I'd go Team Isis.
2: <laughs> <laughs> team Isis.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's you know I, I said I like all the promoters here. I think I yeah I don't like butted, them all too. I probably butted head with with Jonah more than any of them. You know we've we've had our rough patches. You have. I I I, but I remember you did the modified to with tour everything.
0: with them, and you were like, man, Jonah. If I need something, he's he gets it. You know, yeah like you're like yeah. i need was, this i need that and he was right I up thought, on it
1: i thought you know working the mod tour with him was a pretty good experience he he got me everything i needed right away and as soon as i needed it and um he was good to work with oh yeah
0: um like so when i before i started working with jonah i was kind of i didn't really know much about him i remember like there was times you came with the race start like, Ah fuck jonah yeah you know because <laughs> yeah. you're trying to work on the schedule or whatever yeah. with them and you got modified show against modified show whatever yeah and I didn't know much about Jonah. I was like, all right, man. F Jonah, sure, whatever, you know? And then, you know, I'd go out to the track around. <laughs> I know who the hell Jonah was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, um, whenever I was, you know, with you, uh, whenever I came back to Arizona, you know, Kevin actually reached out to me. The one time I saw Kevin back at a racetrack, he was like, hey, man, Jonah, he's looking for somebody. You know, I, th- I think it'd be good for you. Yeah. I was like, all right, you know, check it out, see what's going on. Yeah, he bailed on me. Yeah, I'm sorry, okay. man. You know, it's no, hey, fine. I
1: get where the big races are. No, it's, it's. <laughs> Jonah was good to work with. Um, we we I I have some issues. I've called him out publicly on on some stuff that I disagreed with with the way he went about doing things. Um, I was frustrated with the, with the modified tour idea. I mean, Jason Noel and myself brought an idea to a table. I was talking to you earlier about the BRA tour, right? right? We brought to the idea a uh, potential for a tour in Arizona for the modifieds. And it was one of two options. It was, you know, hit all tracks within a week or two, kind of like how they're doing, mm-hmm. or, you know, make it for the local guys and do it one weekend at each track with a guarantee that all the other tracks would shut down modified racing for that weekend, right? Mm-hmm. And it would be a throughout the year thing. We keep track of points. We had sponsors, we had commitments from drivers, we had a schedule for both, we had rules. We had a race director, a tech director, uh, we had a purse, we had everything lined up and we were able to say, this is what it would cost to do this. Right. And we basically got laughed out of the room. This was all the promoters. It was their promoter meeting going over their schedules for the next year. Uh, and I remember Kevin Montgomery was the only one on board. They still do those promoter meetings. Oh yeah. Dude,
0: I'm going yeah. to, to sit on one of those. I, I
1: remember Kevin Montgomery was the only one really on board. Jonah seemed kind of on board, but him and Greg were pretty, uh, they, they disagreed. They, they thought that any weekday show, they were just going to lose their ass on it. Right. And it wouldn't be worth it. And it would just turn into a fight of who gets the Wednesday, Thursday shows. Right. Um, I think Jonah was a little more on board than Greg was. Greg was pretty much I feel like no, with Jonah, if it. you
0: like present something to him, he's one of those guys who's like, "Yeah, you know, that makes sense. You know, let's try it." I, I, he's more susceptible I think to trying stuff out. I and mean, be like, "Hey, you know, if yeah. it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't." Where you know, other guys aren't.
1: Yeah, Greg Greg was pretty against it. Jonah was leaning towards against it. I think he I don't think he saw how it would work beyond the Saturday shows. Um Mojave wanted nothing to do with it. Right. <laughs> Walt just didn't, You know, no thanks. Know. Um, Kevin was the only one who really was on board. So me and Jason left that meeting pretty discouraged. And then a year later, the IMCA hey, Modified <laughs> Tour comes into existence. So um, I don't know. It was a little frustrating. But that was probably the one thing where it left a bad taste in my mouth with, with Greg and, and Jonah. But beyond that thing and, and – the other minor disagreements I've had with them, they do a good job. I, I think they're good promoters. I thought that first year Jonah did a hell of a job with the tour. I think, um, obviously there's been struggles with scheduling and stuff like that since then that I think it's lost a little bit of its allure. Um, but I think it's easy to get it back. So, um, that's the thing too know. about Jonah. I hope he doesn't think I'm calling him out here, but he
0: like, you know, he'll get on social media. He'll see stuff. And he's like, yeah, I got to take a break. He's a strong-headed guy. He, yeah, he, he's strong-headed, but he's like, I got to take a break. <laughs> and then we, and it, he'll be like, hey, man, can you get on the page and respond to people? It's like, I'm taking a hiatus. Like, yeah, at yeah. least like two or three times a year, he'll take like a two-week hiatus from social that. media just because he's like... I'm burnt down on these people, you know, and he works so damn hard. And it's just like, and that was two tracks. I mean, when he, when we opened up the doors to Tucson last year, oh man, yeah. that place was rough. It was rough looking. Oh, yeah. it's, been, it's been a few yeah. years. And, That's what uh, I heard. Yeah. And I mean, we had trees growing up around the catch fence on the front straightaway, which Crazy. we had to get rid of. But I mean, gosh, you know, I wish we could get those fans back somehow. I know it's tough. Those fans have been... Those Tucson dirt track been fans, a lot they have been there. through a lot. And They've that's what I always say to people. They're like, man, this Tucson crowd sucks. I was like, man, you know what? If I'm a Tucson guy, I I'm show going up. to the asphalt track. Because you know <laughs> yeah, the yeah. asphalt track's been my one constant. Yep. This one over here, you're open, you're shut, you're open, you're shut. I mean, obviously, it's not the same promoter, same owner, but not the same yeah. promoter. Yeah. And, you know, the guy, he's. I mean, we all know he's kind of a pain in the ass to work with, uh, owner-wise. But... I feel like now, I mean, Jonah's kind of got that thing going the right direction. So, you know, it'll be interesting. Just kind of wish we had a few more, like, bigger type races out there just to kind of see what it would be. So, I mean, we'll see.
1: Yeah, that's, you know, I'd love to see somebody like Keith Hall be around today and see what he could do with one of these facilities that we have. And, you know, I, I... I sure do miss Manzanita and going there as, as a kid. I miss the heyday of it. Even I think, you Dude, know, I just want to party um, in the
0: pits again.
1: I mean, we were talking about that earlier, I man. I mean, even I Benji.
0: Well, that's that what was Benji's that's what was call great about Manzanita, year.
1: man. That's what was great about Manzanita. It was such a bitch to get out of there that you're barking. you're gonna be there for a while. So, let like, people clear out because you know. I did you ever? You never. No, went I, to I never Manzanita. got Manzi. So it closed down two years before. It was I even got whether here. you have a toter home or an open trailer. If you want something in your pit, it is unloading off the truck and trailer and being set on the ground, and you are pulling all of your shit out of the racetrack. And uh, so everything was right there in the infield, and I loved it because – You know, the fans, they would gather at the crossover gate. And as soon as that final checker flag flew, the winner interviews were done. Boom. All the winners were there on the front stretch doing their interviews, right? The crowd comes out. They're all looking at the cars and talking to the winners they go right there to the pits, and they're in front of everybody, and then they just go right back out the front to the parking lot, right? And it's not this huge long walk to get yeah. back to the parking lot or anything. And now like you that. look,
0: now you look in the stands when you're doing the victory interview for the last feature, and you're like, oh, who the yeah, hell, who the hell are we talking left. to? Like, yeah. I, don't, I
1: don't know what we got to do
0: to get those fans back. I mean, well, I, I
1: guess times are changing. We mentioned earlier. I think I think you got to figure out something with the divisions, right? I th- right. I'm a proponent of of I agree with you and and. We kind of sparked a little debate the other day, but, you know, three to four divisions a night, max, is probably what you should do. Right. And I, I've pushed uh, Canyon towards that for a long time when I was working there. Um, I know Jonah's lean towards four divisions a yeah, night. Yeah, I think I there's like
0: a couple nights he's like, I got to do five. I hate it, but he, he's like, I yeah, got to do five. You, you know, know, it is what easy, it
1: is. It's easy to say, ah, these guys run too many divisions now. Well,. Why don't you break out your fucking checkbook there buddy and right. you go run that show and tell me if you need four or five divisions, right? So I get why financially it just sucks when it comes to time management when it comes to uh the fan experience. Right. I think you know, if you think about back in the day, drivers meant so much more to these fans. They were out in front of the fans and it was an experience where you probably don't really get that much nowadays. You've got a, yeah, some popular like now, names. You know, I'll
0: take the kids out now to like the racetrack, and you know they're uh, last Easter we took them out did the Easter icon on the front yeah, straightaway yeah. at uh, ET, and uh, they got a picture from Wayne Dunsworth, bomber driver, and they're like big Wayne Dunsworth fans. Yeah, like yeah. You know, like you don't get that anymore no. with this. I mean, because everybody no, now it's like, hey guys, come on down to the pits, hang out with the drivers. By the time the fan yeah. gets down there, you can see the haulers already.
1: Heading out, man. Like- well, yeah, and, and the problem is is it's not about building up the drivers anymore to be these superheroes that they are, right? And it's, all right, we got five divisions tonight. We're going to cook them off as quick as we can, right? right? You know, finish one race after another. That race is leaving the track. This next race is already coming on, right? And people are like, oh, you guys are running the show so smooth. We shouldn't have to do that. <laughs> right? We should be running three divisions a night where it's, you know, heat races are done at 7.30. The show started at 7.00, so let's take a little time to do some fun stuff with the drivers and the fans, and we'll I get know, the main event done I by at 9.30. My, I
0: look at my clock now, and it's like, all right, cool. We ran four divisions. Like last night, we ran four divisions, started at 7.00. Heat races are done by 7.55. Whew, that's that's good night. Yeah. You know like let's go yeah. let's go main event Agreed. time you know. Yep. And we, we had a couple of pauses last night for some track prep. Yeah. And uh I mean we still got done about 10:15 which yeah. I mean, well, isn't terrible but, that's not a bad just night, but today's still, world I mean you know I still look think down. About sitting in a and movie, I still see people, hours, and I you know still see people leaving it's like my gosh you know. There's not enough gearheads I think in the world and it's not just, you know, dirt We're, track racing but all seriously though, sports. think about
1: sitting in a movie that's over 3 hours oh, yeah. long. At some point you're sitting there going You're not watching the Titanic. Boy, this thing's right long. Now. <laughs> you know what I mean? This thing's long. Um I I just think that you got to figure out a way to run less divisions but still um you still got to make Be money. financially yeah. viable, right? Yeah, right? So Yeah, I I I hope they can figure that out and and You want to open up a track Man, yeah. you know, I've thought about it. I thought I've always kinda had that daydream. If I won the lottery, would I want to take over Canyon? And I always keep leaning towards hell no. You
0: wanna do it? Let's do it. I
1: don't know, man. I I've I've done just about every role I can do at a race track and I think uh I don't know. <laughs> I don't I've seen what those guys go through in the day to day and the week to week and and it's uh the Kevin Montgomerys and Doug Gabbards and Jonah Trestles and Benji Lyons, I don't know how the hell they do what they do, but uh, more power to them. I don't it know that funny. I can. I don't know that I Nobody ever mentions Dave Ellis.
0: At Cassegrain, you know, like, you, nobody ever says anything bad about Dave because, or about Cassegrain. Like, I don't... You know, and that's absolutely <laughs> he's true. He's doing it right, man. He must true. be doing Dave's it right. doing a good
1: job. <laughs> Dave's doing a good job, and, and I shouldn't be leaving him out. Well, um, no,
0: it's not just that, but it's one of those things where like, yeah. you don't see, he, like... He's
1: kind of the forgotten guy.
0: Nobody mother-Fs him on yeah. social media. He's not on social media, you know, firing back, like, oh, you're a sack of crap, you know? He's not yeah. up there saying, oh, you know, my track's the best. Yeah. He just even killed, does his thing, man. Yep. yep. He's a good guy to work for too. I've, I've done a couple of races
1: out there, so love those. I worked with Dave a lot at Canyon with uh, with the Micro Sprint Group, you know, initially, and uh, he was a lot of fun. He had me MC one of their one of their banquets a couple of years ago, and uh, you know, the the whole family, the whole family yeah. is a lot of fun to work with. I really enjoy spending time with those guys and talking to them. So, um, no, it, everything sounds like it's going well in Cas So, yeah. Yeah, good for them. Nobody's complaining. Nobody's bsing. Nobody's yeah. doing anything. Yeah. So this goes. We're
0: speaking along. We're pretty long here. Yeah. We're getting long-winded. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So, before I let you go, yeah. Favorite division. Oh man, why are
1: you gotta do that to me? I'm a modified guy through and through.
0: And I'm a sprint car guy. I, you know, I'm a non-wing
1: sprint car man, guy. Man, I, I tell you what. <laughs> Watching watching non non wing sprint cars on like Manzi's half mile from the hill over in Turn Four. Those are probably my best memories. Right, but just from my time spent driving the car and and what, what I know about him and what I love watching and the people involved, I think it's modified for me. Yeah, I think so. Sprint car close second.
0: When, when I say sprint car, you're like, oh, you non I non wing sprint car,
1: non wing sprint car close second for sure.
0: Cool. Well, Tony. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks,
1: buddy. That's appreciate the boss. Appreciate it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, well, I appreciate you having me, man. Um, like I said, I, I think it was a lot of fun doing this kind of in studio instead of versus the phone. So, right. Um, Love we'll to do it again in the future, especially have something pop off that we need. We need. Oh yeah, to if we need to talk about. It, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about it. Nice.
0: All right, man. Cool. Appreciate you come on. Thank you for listening to the Racing with Jason podcast, episode number three. Not sure sure when we're going to get back to racing, all the uh, pandemics going on, but uh, we'll definitely uh, keep posted there on the Facebook page. Also, my Twitter, at JasonCarter03. Wash your hands. And Facebook, Racing with Jason podcast. So thanks for listening. God bless you. God bless the troops, and God bless America.